Hey guys, and welcome to the Stan Kirsch Studios podcast, where working actors talk. Each episode, we sit down with different industry professionals who share their experiences, provide advice, and just talk about issues that are relevant today. This week, we sit down with actor and SKS alum, Tim Chu. We learn all about his start in the industry, his unbelievable chemistry read for NBC's The Company You Keep, how he approaches his auditions differently now that he's a series regular, and we hear his thoughts on the writer strike. So with that, I give you the unbelievably talented and overall amazing guy, Tim Chu. Tim has been um, my classmate and my friend for a long time. And from seeing his work every single week for years to now like watching him on all of these shows is just so fantastic and so worth celebrating. Um, I think what makes it even more special for me is that he is an incredibly kind and supportive human being. And it always just makes me so happy when <laughs> nice people succeed. Um, um, those who are not nice, I'm sure have like some good years of therapy and like making amends ahead of them. And then I'll be like happy for them as well, but it could not have happened to a nicer person. I'd like to just read a little bit of a bio that I wrote for Tim. Um, so Tim currently appears on the company you keep on ABC and truth be told on Apple plus he has worked on HBO, Paramount plus Nickelodeon, Disney, the CW, TNT, CBS, NBC, ABC, ABC family, and Hulu, just to name a few. He's appeared in award-winning independent films like like Sujata Day's directorial debut, Definition Please, and 19, 2019's Tribeca Award, audience award-winning film, Plus One. He's appeared on stage at the Geffen Playhouse, South Coast Repertory Theater, the Colony Theater, East West Players. Tim attended UCLA, where he was involved in the Asian American Theater Company on Campus, LCC, which had been co-founded by Randall Park just several years prior. He would later join Park to form the comedy troupe, The Propaganders. In 2013, Tim won Best Actor at the NBC Shortcuts Film Festival, which opened the door for the NBC pilot, Tim Mann. And when he's not acting, Tim is an avid gamer and cyclist, and we are so, so proud to have him as an SKS alum speaking here today. So, hi, Tim. Hi. <laughs> Where do we go from there? Um, uh, I, I'd love to start, if you don't mind, him with sort of like the origin story of Chim, Tim Chu. How did you start acting? When did you decide to move to LA? Um, so I grew up in Southern California and um, I kind of was um, introduced into acting through uh, my student council uh, advisor, actually. She was the drama school teacher and um, I remember seeing a play, one of the school plays uh, that my friend was in and just thinking like, oh man, that looks so cool. I want to do that. And then I got involved in drama and um, start, you know, started doing the plays uh, and the musicals from then on out. And then when I got to uh, college, that's when I met um, friends like Randall Park and uh, uh, Michael Galanco and, and some of the other guys from LCC. And um, I basically joined their group and we produced our own content, our own theater wow. um, three times a year and uh, just kind of developed this love for acting and telling our own stories. Um, and that's kind of how I, I got into it. And after a while, um, I realized, um, you know, I, I kind of sacrificed so much to act and 
I work long hours and I, you know, I'll do it for free. So I might as well try to do this for a living. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <clears throat> did you do sports in high school as well? Or were you I did. I did. I played water polo. Whoa. Yeah. Did not see that one coming. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. Very cool. I love that. Um, so did you enter UCLA as a drama major or? No, um, I actually came in undeclared and I actually was interested in being a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, that kind of fell through. Like I realized that I would be a very selfish filmmaker and, and just kind of um, not a very collaborative one. And so I, I shifted and that's when I decided to focus more on acting. Oh, interesting. Okay, amazing. When, when you were at UCLA, did you focus on like schooling and being part of the UCLA fam or were you pursuing professional work as well? No, it was more, I was more geared towards like UCLA stuff and, 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 and campus-based activities yeah. um, and stuff with LCC. And it wasn't until, um, you know, after college that, that uh, we kind of decided to continue on this tradition of like telling our own stories and, and, and producing them. Wow. I love that that came so early for you because I feel like when folks find a desire to like, I'm going to make my own stories, it feels like it comes after a bit of like years of frustration or like I'm getting cast as one thing, but I really want to pivot this way. Did that come through just the LCC that was already happening and immediately you were or sort of in your introduction to that you were like we're telling our own stories we're creating our own point of view yeah um I got really lucky because the community at UCLA was very supportive and and we were really interested in exploring ideas of representation and um just being truthful to like our own experiences mm -hmm. um being Asian American and so uh there was like a huge community movement for that and um that was something that kind of was important to me to my identity and um I thought my biggest avenue in terms of like exploring this was acting and just performing and um that's kind of what developed my uh love for theater and stuff like that Gosh, I love that so much. Um, so then uh, post-college, what uh, I'd love to hear about some of the first. How did you get your first rep? How did you get your first acting job? Um, so I just volunteered as much as I could. Um, I got in, in touch with like different theater companies and volunteered for like casting and like crew on theater projects. Um, and I think after a certain amount of time, people kind of recognized that I had a desire to learn and, and, and wanted to do more than just be a support. I, want, I, I really wanted an opportunity. And so people saw that in me and gave me a chance. Um, I found my agent, uh, my first agent, uh, when I was running a casting or I was like volunteering, uh, working at a casting uh session for some musical thing and the agent was like hey i don't have anybody like you are you interested in um being re represented and i was like yeah i mean i need an agent and so <laughs> that's kind of how it happened wow um yeah i met with her and 
I had these terrible headshots and she was like, oh my God, these are terrible. You need new pictures. And, <laughs> and but I went on this journey with her and, and um, you know, she got me a lot of my first gigs. <laughs> That's awesome. We all have like a bad headshot to start. I feel like, you know, yeah, the yeah. headshot, the one we will look back and go, oh, yeah then what i know now mine was in black and white that's how old it was black and white yes amazing um so how was it first auditioning for um tv and film projects did it feel uh like there was a bit of a learning curve or did it feel like stepping into familiar territory it it was interesting because i came at it with such a naive mindset i didn't know what i didn't know and so I kind of just went for it. Mm -hmm. um, and surprisingly, I found a lot of success. Um, like I remember uh, for one theater audition, I, I made out with my reader. <laughs> and because it was part of the scene. And, and the reader happened to be the director's wife. <laughs> but they were, and they were like shocked. Um, but apparently they, they, they saw like, okay, there's just something, you know, he, he's very committed and he, he, he just kind of goes for it. Um, and it took me a long time to realize, oh, there are certain things that you should not be doing, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I kind of like went into a lot of roles, like just not, or auditions, just like not knowing what I didn't no and and just going for it yeah and i think people really responded to that wow wow i i loved that time when i first went out here and didn't know what i didn't know i yeah. just like um that 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 desire to just go for it and like here the hell i am i remember if you don't mind me sharing one some one thing for please me. i i was just recalling it this week i um auditioned for a psa it was like teens and drinking and driving and they're like do a monologue and I was like well this is a monologue from um of mice and men I'm playing Curly's wife and I was like I ain't meant to live like this I come from Salinas and they were like what <laughs> <laughs> I was like I'm theater trained hello um it I didn't book it never went on to book that but um when did you start learning the rules or feeling a little bit like there's boundaries for some of these things um it started happening like pretty quickly I just you know I would go you know on, on like commercial auditions and, and kind of learn and just go in with like really open eyes and and, and make sure that I was processing everything that was happening. I, I started to realize, okay, there are certain boundaries and there's there are certain like etiquette that mm -hmm. you should follow. I think in a lot of ways that um, that was like very uh, formative because then I, I then started to hold myself back a lot. It, it was like a tough transition from going like all in all the, you know, all, all the way through and then realizing okay I shouldn't step on these people's toes I shouldn't I shouldn't you know cross these boundaries it took me like maybe a year or two or, or three to kind of really learn the ropes of like what you know how things are supposed to go mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. Did you in those beginning years ever focus on branding or figuring out your type I learned um pretty early on that 
um, people liked to see me as a cocky guy. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I kind of learned to lean into that. Yeah. Um, like, like a like a douchebag kind of guy. <laughs> even though uh, I, I don't think I am no. that kind of guy. I also kind of like leaned into um, more or less like my street speak, mm -hmm. um, which was something that I just picked up uh, growing up. And um, being Asian, it's pretty rare to find somebody who can like pull that off effectively. Yeah. So I leaned into that. Mm -hmm. um, what I felt during my early years was that Hollywood wasn't really interested in leading men, Asian American men. So I tried to find other routes. Like basically I, I learned to become a character actor. Wow. Um, because of that. Uh, if I saw a role, I would find a, a hook or an angle and kind of lean into that instead of just be myself. Um, and that, that kind of affected my trajectory like early on. And it took me a long time to really kind of step into my own um, being, you know, as an actor. Yeah. Um, when you say you felt that Hollywood, Hollywood, the powers that be were responding to you being a little cockier, is that due to like the kind of roles that you were brought in? You're like, oh, I'm starting to see a trend or in the rooms, like they seem to adjust me in a certain way. Or I, 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 I often feel like Hollywood kind of, there's a sort of like a sorting hat a la like Harry Potter, where mm. eventually they, they let you know what you're what they want you as your type sort of you kind of start to understand it rather than like I have to figure this out it, yeah. will, it will help you figure it out I I noticed that when there's roles where I get to play a douchebag that people really responded to it and they they were really um like oh my god you're so funny and I was and I'd be like I'm not trying to be funny but whatever <laughs> you know um I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it has, sorry, if you don't mind me lingering on this for a sec, but because you're six one or so. Um, three, six, I say I'm six three, but I say I'm six two. Oh, that's amazing. Right. I'm five one, but I say five two. So like <laughs> we're going to meet in the middle one day. Right. Um, uh, because you're tall and you have a bit of a deeper voice and are like empirically speaking, very handsome. I wonder if those things, um, you know, those speak to casting directors or to the producers before they get to like see your personality. Immediately they go, hmm, okay, like he's this kind of guy. Maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, there are certain qualities, but it's it's something that I've I've learned over the years just being me, like, growing up in high school, um, I noticed that like bullies would come and try to like uh, pick on me because they, they thought I was like being cocky and, and, and uh, rebellious to them and stuff like that. So Ooh. I don't know, I, I, I kind of think it's just a vibe that people see on me. Yes. 
Okay, interesting. I've I've uh, never have thought of you as cocky or douchebaggy at all. Um, so, so I mean, I try not to be. Yeah, I know <laughs> you have never been that way. Um, do you think that the Hollywood has become more open to the idea of a leading Asian American man? For sure, for sure. I think I, I've seen so much uh, change over the past five, ten years, even. Mm -hmm. And it's been great to finally see like a lot of projects where um, Asian men can be leading leading men and Asian stories mm -hmm. um, and all their kind of diversity like be represented on screen and and it's it's really cool. It's really um, when I first started, I never imagined we would get here, and here we are. And I'm not saying everything's perfect, but um, it really is kind of moving that we're in a in a place that we can see the stories and and roles out there that are um, available. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk more about um, uh, David Hill in a little bit, but I think you are fulfilling that leading man so well on that show. Thank I mean, you. like. Yeah, it's it's so thrilling to see. Um, I can dive so deep into that, but I want to ask, how did you come to our studio, and um, and how did it benefit you? What did you learn the most from us? Um, <clears throat> I was just searching for class at the time, and I asked a friend who was going, Cassandra Waterman. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, she she was taking class. Stan and so I I remember asking her I was like hey what other classes are you taking and she talked about this class and I was like I'm really interested in in checking it out and I joined and I remember thinking um this is exactly what I need I need like the exposure to the right kind of material um the the expectation of discipline Mm -hmm. and 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 personal responsibility when it comes to class and just the support of the class itself and and the students and the and the community mm -hmm. um that was all so valuable to me and then just for me to kind of dive into something every week that was different um sometimes it'd be right up my alley and sometimes it would really challenge me um that was very invaluable to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I I grew so much and I remember thinking how little how little the handle I had on comedy. And then going through Stan's class, I then felt like, oh, I can do this. And I actually ended up finding myself in a position where um, I was I felt like I was regarded as one of the few Asian American males who could do comedy in TV. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I do find um, I do find the way that we talk about comedy at our studio very sort of pragmatic and like functional. You can absolutely use it rather than it's this thing. Like if I'm not funny on the day, then I'm not funny. I can never book these things. Or if I'm not the funny mm -hmm. one in my group, then I'm just always going to be doing drama. So um i'm 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 glad to hear that you that you feel that way too yeah yeah, yeah. 
Um, what about the classmates that you were with? Did you learn a lot from watching people every single week? So much. Um, I mean, I was in, we were in class with so many great, talented people and just being exposed to them, you know, every week, seeing them go through material and sometimes struggle and sometimes just completely transform. Mm -hmm. is so powerful. Mm -hmm. um, I, I felt like I was uh, part of a, a well of, of talent and um, I felt like safe that I was able to develop with people who I respected and, and um, admired. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, be like in a sort of camaraderie with, mm -hmm. with um, and it, it was just very valuable to me mm -hmm. in that environment. Yeah, I feel like my game stepped up so much when I was in our class, just surrounded by people. It's like, they're going to bring it. You know, yeah, when you get yeah. to class, they're going to bring it. So yeah. what am I going to bring? How am I going to prep for this? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And then supporting each other. Like, mm -hmm. I remember when we drove down to see Camille doing um, Avenue Q. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, just like, you know, a group of us. And then we go see, um, you know, Jean-Luc do Baby Daddy, the pilot. And yes. just like showing up for each other. It's, I find that community so important. Yes, it was so important. And I think that that alone, like it made you feel um, not alone in LA, which is very real. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you're, rooting for somebody else's success too and not just yours <laughs> yeah. um it it makes a huge difference you know because if you of all you're going for is your own success um there it's going to be challenging but uh when you're with community and people who you also want to see succeed and somebody gets something some kind of you know achievement then it lifts everybody else a million percent. It really does feel like all of our wins, although the residual mm -hmm. check only goes to one address, one right. bank account. Right. It's like we all won. We all booked this. Right. Yeah. Um, amazing. Okay. So let's dive into the company you keep. Okay. Um, uh, I love this show and it's done so well in um the ratings. People seem to love it as well. Um, um, I want to ask we actually worked in class on the audition sides for your character. Okay. And um, I remember thinking at the time, this is a series regular and it's four pages. How in the world do you show them, I'm ready to work, to be this character for seven seasons. Um, let me show you in two minutes. How did you approach these four pages? How did you, yeah, tell me everything. Um, so I remember seeing the material and I looked up who the casting director was and I remember uh, I'd watched some of the shows that she had cast at the time and I think it was like Dave and something else it was Wendy O'Brien mm -hmm. and I, I remember just thinking okay so she is really into um, just very grounded very natural performances um, but characters who feel very real yeah. and um I kind of went in there um thinking look 
I just, I have to be uh, essentially myself. I can't worry about hitting a character or thinking about, am I going to be, poli- you know, politician enough or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I just have to kind of go for it. Um, and hopefully they'll respect it. I kind of broke down the scene in my head and analyzed the script. And I, I just, when I read it, I made it all about the other person. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that was my tactic. And, and I guess they really responded to it. That's amazing. Did you have a producer session or a test for it? Yes, I had a chemistry test after that. Um, and that was funny because that was in my car. Oh, no, really? Yeah, I, I was on set at a commercial and I then had a chemistry test with Catherine. And like, I remember Milo calling me and I was in my car just, you know, it during lunch and and um, just doing the chemistry read with Catherine. Wow. Yeah. Via, via Zoom with producers on the chemistry read? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. Yeah. I feel like my mind has just been blown it in was, front of everyone. It was intense. It was, it was crazy. I mean, and, I, and I, I just remember like gushing about just shooting commercial and <laughs> and, and everything and I think everybody was amazed because you know there were people walking around in the background and and shit, shit was going on and the fact that I was able to just focus on the scene and 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 be very present like people were really into that oh that's amazing I think that quality that uh you know there's so much stuff going on in the background he's doing a completely different job today he's in the middle of his lunch and he's connecting with Catherine I think um that the producers and the executives whoever they're going like he's going to be the easiest part of our day when he's on set because look at how he's operating right now he's like in the zone connecting that's incredible tim that's incredible yeah i i think i impressed them all and and i remember uh i think catherine said as much that that was really impressive Gosh, I just love that so much. I love that so much. I mean, so there's a ton of um, focus right now in self-tapes on like, um, have the lighting correct, the best sound ever. And I think um, what we often say, and it comes from Angela, one of our teachers is, if you're the girl, you're the girl. If you're the guy, you're the guy. Like um, uh, there's there's no amount of lighting or like people walking in the background while you're in your car on a lunch break, that's going to take away from you being the role. Yeah. Yeah. I think people know right away um, if you've got it in you um, and whatever, you know, extraneous things are going on, like that's just, that's whatever. It's, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and was it challenging to ask? So I'm, I'm imagining you like at the wheel of your car in the driver's seat with like Catherine on a, um, phone and yeah. you have like sort of a small image um was it did it feel challenging to sort of connect with her in this small little image or did you just sort of hook into the human <clears throat> um i i kind of just you know the the cool thing is is catherine 
and she's an amazing actress to work with and she's so present and so giving and so she listens a lot and mm -hmm. um it was really easy to connect with her so uh that's kind of it, it ended up being easy because i just had this image on the phone and i i just focused on her mm -hmm. and, and that's it you know yeah um the way you say it, it sounds very easy. It sounds like shit, I could do that too. Um, uh, but it's, it also, I know that it takes years to make something like that feel easy. Sure. You know, it takes a lot of, a lot of, a lot of time and a lot of, um, just a lot of at-bats and a lot of being on set and a lot yeah. of, um, uh, accepting of who you are to make that, that however long you were on the, on the Zoom call with feel like easy and, they got it. They knew you're the guy. They saw your professionalism. Um, that's that's huge, Tim. That's one of the coolest casting stories I've heard in a minute. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Um, so uh, when you were um, when you guys filmed the pilot, were you aware of sort of like the arc that David has, sort of the political challenges and the um, alliances yeah. he makes? We so uh, you know during the the pilot. Um, the the goal of the show was like one thing, and I, after it got picked up by ABC, there was a bit of a pivot. Mm -hmm. um, but early on, um, it was kind of obvious that David would uh, struggle with um, being the guy, the perfect golden son, you know, of of filling in his father's shoes and 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 being basically the perfect candidate and I talked with Catherine and we kind of made sure that we established like a really strong relationship between David and Emma so that um we both had like a sense of grounding mm -hmm. and uh that's there's the scene that was the audition scene that actually got cut out of the pilot but that kind of was like the bit the first clue of what they wanted the sibling relationship to be like and we definitely kind of like leaned into that so for the rest of the show we always kind of took time to um make sure that we as siblings saw each other for real uh as far as david's arc of stepping into his own and and you know finding himself uh out out from under his parents shadow um that was you know it was kind of something that was obvious it was cool because i had a similar you know issue with myself with my parents of always being the guy who did what they wanted me what they wanted me to do and then when i decided to become an actor that was me kind of rebelling against them and i was able to kind of like uh marry a lot of those ideas and those feelings mm -hmm. with that wow and then when you are on set shooting i often oftentimes feel like um, I have these uh, plans for like the ritual I will do and the things, and then you get there and you're in, you, I feel like I just land in hair and makeup and and they're like, um, how long before Colleen? Cause we have rehearsal. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Right. And like it's so fast and so 
furious. It's always a whirlwind, yeah. Yes. Um, how do you find like a, a moment or do you have a moment to ground yourself before it starts or while there's all the, you know, chaos of everything? Well, I love to show up early, um, you know, at least a half an hour early, if not more, so that I have the time to kind of like sit in my trailer and just kind of plot everything out. And, and um, I also like to... Uh, prepare for uh, alts basically like because as 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 much access as I as I have to the writers and the producers um, you know the directors may have a different idea and um, the the physical realities of the set may change the way you know the scene plays out and so um, you kind of give yourself room to be prepared for you circumstances different yeah. circumstances oh, I love and um, I kind of like walk through some of those in my head just to be sure and then when I show up to set finally like I, I try to be as flexible as possible oh I love that that's fantastic um uh when I first started working uh in tv more regularly I was surprised I was like I really thought I'd get more like direction there would be perhaps more collaboration and mm -hmm. someone told me if they don't talk to you like that's a great sign yeah, um yeah. uh do you often um interact or ask questions of the directors do you just sort of like if there's nothing we're we're we're, we're doing great smooth sailing um it depends you know sometimes I will have questions uh, a lot of times I think they what they respect is if you just make a strong choice it's like they'll kind of see what happens during rehearsal and then they just kind of and they kind of say okay that's what they're going to do so uh they respect it yeah um, because i think they a lot of the times directors because they change from episode to episode they understand that the actor has spent more time with the character than the oh, yeah. director has yes. you know they're more interested in getting the shot so um, if you have an instinct, they will try to follow it. Oh, that's pretty fantastic. I love that. I love that a whole lot. Um, brilliant. I just think you do such incredible work on that show, Tim. If mm -hmm. I didn't know you, um, I would be like, this is a politician who they were like, would you mind auditioning for our show? And they're like, oh my gosh, he can speak and walk and like hit a mark. Um, you're so believable in that particular line of work and the dynamics with, of course, Catherine, but with your parents and also yeah. the people who work on your uh, team politically, your um, uh, director of social media, of course, and also yeah. the guy running your campaign. It's just a fantastic dynamic you created, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, also, the show that's currently airing is um, uh, Truth Be Told. Yes. But did you film that quite a while back? Or um, So actually, I was shooting Truth Be Told around the same time as the pilot. So um, there are a couple episodes of Truth Be Told where I'm clean shaven because I, you know, I chose for David to be clean shaven as a politician. And they wanted my character for Truth Be Told to have facial hair. But because I'm, you know, on an ABC pilot, I was like, you know, they're my first position. I'm going to do what they say. And, um, yeah, so it was crazy uh, balancing both shows at the same time because they're such different characters. Yes. 
Yes, I was. Yes, I have so much to say about that. Um, would you also mind um, explaining what first position is to everybody? Uh, first position basically means like uh, who you give first priority to. So, um, you know, if you are a series regular on a show, like that's usually your first position. And then um, if you're working on something else, like a guest star on another show, then you usually have to defer to the show that you're regular on, that you're first position to. Mm -hmm. uh, and I want that for every <laughs> single one of us to be like, yeah. yes. So ABC has first position, Apple Plus, you're in second position. You're yes. gonna get new facial hair. I love that. I think that's so <laughs> fantastic. Um, um, so even though Detective Sun and David are such different characters, I'm like, wow, you're wearing like a, a, a button down shirt and like suit pants. One has a gun on its hip, one doesn't. Um, um, how did you sort of like, um, if you're shooting them both, let's say within a two week period, you're shooting both characters. How do you sort of make sure that you are fully in one world versus the other? Um, it, it comes down to, for me, um, being able to lean into an aspect of the character. So uh, for truth be told, I knew that there was a particular uh, way I was gonna inhabit a uh, detective's son. And I kind of envisioned him as uh, like, a, like a former jock. And so his stance and his uh, speech um, and his, uh, you know, the way he carried himself would be a certain thing. And, uh, when I showed up for Truth Be Told, I always kind of knew that I could lean into that and find myself in, in the character again. And then for uh, uh, the company you keep, um, I really kind of uh, found myself in, in David's shoulders and, um, you know, the way that he had to, uh, he felt like he had to carry a lot of, of, of his parents' baggage, um, but still kind of stand tall. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was kind of what helped me ground myself into the two different characters. Wow. Wow. Did the um, hit of Detective Sons, the former jock, did that come about? Is it sort of one of those things where you're just like, oh, yeah, he feels like a jock, like a former jock to me. Or was there something in the scene, in the text, or? Um, well, uh, the character of Detective Sun, he was an interesting guy. He, when I auditioned for him, I didn't really know much. I didn't know where the character was going to go. I didn't know that he was going to end up being so significant in the show. Um, basically, it the description was something like, um, a rising star in the police force, but like morally gray. Ooh. And um, I kind of thought, who, what kind of guy would rise really quickly amongst the police force who could also be capable of, of being like dirty or whatever. And I just thought like, this is a bros, you know, a guy who, knows how to talk to guys, who knows how to go, get along with guys. You know, he knows how to code switch. So I really kind of 
chose that as, as his background. I love that. Um, speaking of Code Switch, you guys, so the show takes place in Oakland, correct? Mm -hmm. Um, was there anything that they suggested or that you found that you wanted to make this feel a little like Oakland? Um, I, uh, honestly, there wasn't like much for me to play with the idea of Oakland. Um, yeah. but I did kind of ask for, uh, my character to have a tattoo that I don't know if you'll see it in the show, but um, I wanted it to kind of uh, call to like a sheriff's gangs tattoo so that I that was kind of a secret that my character had was that he had this tattoo on his, in his inner sleeve. It, it was kind of symbol of who he was. Wow. You know? Wow. So who do you ask that question to? Can I have, can my character? I, I actually wrote the email to the showrunner and she was like, I love it. And, and, and then um, got the makeup, the head makeup person to coordinate like what, what it would look like and, and where it would be. And so we, uh, um, we coordinated with art department and they kind of sketched something up and, and created it. That's fantastic. Him. That is so freaking cool. Um, I'm so glad that we have this opportunity to chat because there are so many things that I, I think I've only seen you at a couple like uh, baby shower and birthday yeah. in the last year, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I haven't got a chance to like talk to you about this acting nitty gritty stuff. And I'm so grateful because I'm like learning so much from you and I feel so inspired. It's all just so cool. Um, I want to talk a little bit before we open the floor up to everyone else about some of like the disappointing times because there's so much to celebrate for yeah. you, but this business is a roller coaster. Yes, and, it not is. and not only is it up and down, but the highs are high and the lows are low very low um, so how do you deal with disappointments how do you maintain work-life balance and yeah um so i'll i'll tell you a question um when i was chemistry testing for crazy rich asians uh constance Wu asked me this question she was like um what how do you get by when things are not going well. And I responded, um, I'll, I'll do theater. Wow. And um, which was true. Uh, I, after I didn't get Crazy Rich Asians, I, I ended up doing some theater and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I find that when the business of acting is really overwhelming, um, kind of rediscovering just the, the pure joy and the pure artistry of, of acting because you don't do theater for money, um, <laughs> but you, you do it because you love it and you're passionate about it. And because um, it gives you an opportunity to, to do something that you would not even be able to do in film and TV. Um, and so for me, uh, theater was a way for me to kind of rediscover my passion for acting. And, and as far as like finding a work-life balance, I think it, it's all about keeping things in perspective and um, understanding that uh, you are in this for the long haul. 
and um, it is okay to live your life uh, and, and to experience things other than work. Yeah. Yeah. To, and to allow yourself to do that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Um, what did Constance Wu say in response to that? Um, I mean, I think she, she was like, that's, that's interesting. You know? <laughs> um, funny enough, like, I think she had just, she just did a theater show at the Geffen like yes. a month ago, right? Yeah. She's yeah. like, I remember this amazing actor said to me, <laughs> <laughs> do theater. Oh, that's incredible. I so appreciate that. Okay. Last question I have for you, because I know you are part of this world, but what do you think about The Last of Us? Have you watched it? Do you love it? Yes. I love The Last of Us, the show. I play the video game. Um, yeah. And I thought it was, you know, I thought the video game was one of the most uh, phenomenal uh, pieces of storytelling in the medium. And I thought, oh, this would make a great uh, film or whatever. And then they made the show of it and I thought it was fantastic. What I love about the show is that um, it kind of highlights the beauty of, of human connections and human relationships you know, in, in, in like such dire circumstances. Yes. Um, but also is able to kind of show how deep and 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 dark people are able to go. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's so much more than zombies. Yes, yes. Although it's more than terrifying. a zombie show. It's more. It's more about the people um, in the world. Yeah. And and. When we're put through enough pressure, what are we capable of? Mm-hmm. Yes. And what actually matters to us when mm-hmm. the going gets tough? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, awesome. Does anyone who's here have any questions for Tim? Yeah, Rashawn. Hi. Nice to meet you. Thanks for um, making time for this. Yeah. But um, I was wondering if you had any advice for um, how you handled yourself like as a business, whether any like business moves that you struggled with as you were kind of coming up or if anyone gave you advice with how to handle yourself when it comes to that aspect of um i would say uh ultimately like know your value there's gonna be you know you 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 run into a lot of a lot of people who do kind of see you for who you are and all but you know people other people who um um what your value is and um always keep that in mind tim i had told someone that i was coaching someone recently and i was like i think you should pass on this and she was like are you telling me that as like colleen now or like when you were in my shoes with my level of credits would you have passed on it and i was like oh i probably wouldn't have passed on it but would have like been pissed that I had to do it didn't like felt angry that I like didn't pass on it it's I don't know I feel like I've grown in confidence over the years about my my worth Uh, and sometimes it's 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 good to have someone who's like you 10 years from now 15 years from now saying let me tell you what I would have done pass on that right it's not it's not your thing yeah I I think um you know, we're always so, uh, especially early on, we're always so worried about like how many opportunities we we come across, and 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 um, just fear of turning down everything. Oh yes. But uh, because we're so desperate for every opportunity, 
But I think in the long run, if you know what you want from yourself, um, then uh, I think it, it, it gives you better focus on like what opportunities you will give yourself and what opportunities you'll, you'll let go. Because you can also waste a lot of energy just chasing every single opportunity. That doesn't serve you. Yeah. Gosh, I so agree with that. Yeah. Um, Delilah, let me add you and um, feel free to ask Tim. Hi, thank you so much for being here. Um, I came on a little bit later, but I'm, I've literally been blown away by everything you've been talking about. Um, I was curious, actually, when you just said about doing theater, when, you know, times are down or you're trying to make up for, you know, the downtime. Um, I found that creating my own content, making my own film um, really helped me. And I was curious if you had thought about creating your own content or anything like that. Um, I actually had thought about creating my own content. Uh, I think that's also a very valid way. Like it's, it is similar to theater, like where you're, you're diving into something because you're passionate about it. And um, you're not waiting for someone to uh, tell you what to do. It, it is coming straight from your heart. And I think that's very uh, valid as a way to rediscover what you love about acting. You're able to hone your voice too. And um, I think it helps people shape uh, who they are and, and how they um, build themselves. And uh, I think it's fantastic. That's great. Um, and I have, is it okay if I ask one more question? Yes. Sure. I'm just curious. Um, I know there's this potential writer's strike happening in May. Um, how does that, that affect people? Let's say if someone's already on a series like you or someone who's about to start a project, like how does, how is that affected? I'm just curious if anybody knows. Um, so this is, this is kind of, a, I, I'm up on the, you know, I'm not sure about um, because if the writers strike, like who knows uh, what TV is going to be like, TV and film, and uh, we may go back to just like all reality all the time for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I'll just be waiting around to see if a series gets picked back up or whatever. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it is kind of daunting. Uh, for a lot of people who, right now. And I can tell you that a lot of people have, that I've talked to have expressed um, a lot of cynicism about this year in, in terms of opportunity. But uh, I think this is like a really good time for people to kind of like self-develop and um, kind of really hone uh, themselves uh, you know, as an actor and and as a storyteller, and really kind of, uh, you know, dedicate themselves to um, improving, so that like when we come out on the other side of this, we're more than ready to, to attack. That's so inspiring. Um, Caroline, hey girl, hey girl, hey. Hi. you in a minute. Good to see you. You too. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm fully obsessed with the company you keep. Oh, awesome. Um, been binging it uh, 
so much fun. Uh, I had a question just working with like episodic directors. You talked a little bit about like how oftentimes the actor knows more about the character than the directors coming in. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had an instance where you had a director give a note that you knew was not like the showrunner vision or that the vision of the character? And if so, how did you handle that? The the issue with uh, fighting the director is um, there's never enough time on set to kind of like get into long discussions. So uh, I think the easiest way to go about it is to say, let's try one your way and I'll try one my way, you know? Um, that way we're still shooting. And, you know, the um, it goes up to the edit basically. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, yeah, it's, it, when you get into long discussions, it, it really kind of kills the time. Um, so uh, I'm always about like finding a solution. I've, I've done that on the company you keep where uh, I feel like, okay, this is a little weird, but um, these are problems that it's not up to me to solve. You know, uh, it's, it's up to the editor or it's up to, you know, somebody else. And um, we just have to make our days. I love that. There should be a name for the fans of the company you keep, like Caroline and I. What are we? The the keep the company the keepers. keepers. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I think the writers' room had been like polling Twitter about this, and I'm not sure exactly what they came up with. Okay, we'll have to stay updated because we are part of the club. Um, <laughs> Thank awesome, you. beautiful. Uh, Akeem. Hi, hi everyone. Hi, Colleen. Uh, hi, Tim. It's Akim. Rhymes with oh. Tim. Oh, <laughs> hey. Akim. Uh, I want to say I just started watching the show today when I saw, um, you know, the post about this. So I'm, I'm still on episode one. I haven't okay. seen it yet. But um, I like, I'm enjoying the show as well. So I might binge watch it the rest of the night. Good. But Good. Um, so I had a question. I'm not sure if it's, if it's two parts or if it's the same question. But um, the way you approach your auditions, has it changed? the way you approach the character. And now that you're recurring um, a series regular, does that change how you go into auditions now? Um, it's challenging because uh, you're in production and you, you're trying to keep your head on the episode that you're doing and then, but also dive into a, a maybe a, a character that's like completely different. Um, and what I, have found is that I, you know, I have to kind of just say, look, this is going to be a read. This is going to be a, a pass of, of me doing it, not uh, my best shot, because I just don't have the time to to dive into. Like I had this audition for um, this Netflix show, and it was like 15 pages, and it was like all monologue. It was crazy. It was intense, and um, I I had to kind of give it my best shot, uh, knowing that I could have done better. But I, at, at the end of the day, I had to let it go because I just didn't have the time to devote. I think there you have to be able to trust that casting will see you for who you are, and and uh, that that's going to be enough. 
you know, I love to be off book. I love to be, uh, you know, a hundred percent on words during my auditions, but um, sometimes the reality is like, you just don't have the time to kind of pull that off and you do the best you can. And, and, and hopefully uh, casting will see who you are. And I, I think being a regular on a show now, that's kind of adjusted, you know, I've, I've had to open myself up to that feeling more. That's empowering. That's really empowering. Thank you so freaking much. Um, uh, so grateful for your time here. And um, so well. I have loved talking shop with you, hearing some of the things that you've done for your character work. So um, the door is always open if you ever want to come back and, and talk more. Yeah. Kristen, do you want to add anything before we hop off? I, I thank you so much, Tim. I was also getting emotional, like hearing you talk about being in class and you guys reminiscing about that. I had no doubt you would have the success you have, but I look back on that time and I think here you are being our guest speaker, a series lead on this incredible show with Catherine too. And, and it just like, I, I get emotional when I see Ray on Qu Quantum Leap and I just, oh, you yeah. guys are all, I'm so proud. And I feel so honored to even have been on this journey in some small way. Um, and and have been able to witness and it really is a testament to anyone who's on here Tim is where like he didn't come here and then just like a year later as a series regular all of these people have worked their asses off and continue to do so so please um look at yourself as a lifer you're here this is your career this is not something that has to hit tomorrow it's not something that has to hit next year Please don't compare your journey to anyone else's journey. Um, and and uh, you're just a testament to that. So thank you so much for doing this for us. I know how busy you are. And thank you all for being here in the middle of the day on a Thursday. I, I thank you all. And, and um, I yeah. just appreciate this community so much. Um, and talking about community, um, and Tim is, is so correct, and so is Colleen, this community is unlike anything I feel like exists in LA. And um, part of what we've done is we've created an online community as well. We have our classes and we have people who coach and we have our boot camps. Um, and like within the class, people are very tight and they're like a family, but we're, we're really wanting all of the classes to know that Sunday and Monday are also a resource for each other. And they're also part of the family. Um, so if you're interested, it's a free online community, but people post, um, hey, I'm auditioning for this casting director. Does anybody have tips on that? I'm looking for a headshot photographer in New York. Do you have experience with this real company? I'm looking for someone to cast in my short film. It is like an open, it's almost like, it looks like a Facebook group page, but it's it's not. Um, but join that, be a part of our family. We'd love to just continue on this journey with you. And I want. I hope all of you are a Zoom guest sometime in the next 10 years. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yes. 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 with Zoom guests every day of the year. It'll be amazing. Um, amazing. So thank have you. I, I, I just love all of you. Okay. <laughs> have a oh, wonderful Christine. day, everyone. Thank you so much, Tim. The company keepers, we are out. <laughs> <laughs>